Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for part four of the Nephilim Conspiracies the transgenerational conspiracy to enslave humankind and to bring about the end time. And we're going to move forward in part four to discuss this ancient organizational structure and how it is working today to bring about the end time and to bring about a left-wing fascist monoculture platform for the end time. And when I say left-wing fascist, that's National Socialism, and just as Nazi Germany were National Socialists, Nazi Germany in World War II, in my opinion, is very much analogous for how the end time will play out on so many different levels. And so when we talk about what is going on today with the various secret societies and organizations we talked about in Part 3, we need to factor all of this in that this is the type of monoculture that they're looking to bring in for the end time. So let's begin with the media, which is appropriate to the connection to Nazi Germany and the propaganda that was put out by Goebbels, because the Nazis had control of the media and so many other things. And uh, so this is uh, an area that the Freemasons look after, and what the media is doing today is promoting essentially one view, one globalist view. They're all globalists, just as they say the globalist ship has already sailed, and they're anti any other view, and it's increasingly more as a left-wing, anti-Christian, politically correct, monoculture that is trying to shape the governments both locally and nationally and the UN for the end time. And so they're trying to essentially brainwash people through negative coverage on one aspect and then sycophantic coverage on the other aspect for the agenda that they're promoting. And so expect that this will intensify as with birth pangs just as the end times are analogous to birth times that all of these things will become quicker and more painful and, and more act active as we get closer to the end time. I'm not convinced we're in the end time yet, but it's certainly on the horizon and could happen very quickly if the restrainer is, is removed. So look for the media to intensify their persecutions and their bias and public lynchings as they move forward. Education is controlled by the Jesuits and the Royal Society. And they're there to brainwash and prepare children from elementary school right through to university to become this global citizen, a global citizen. And with this PC monoculture preparation so that they easily accept world government when it comes along. And also... The science aspect, also controlled by the Royal Society, its role is, is to degrade 
Jesus and to lead people away from God just as they do that in education for the most part today and ever more so as we go and to develop the technology and for the end time to partner with the fallen angels in the end time things like AI and DNA manipulation and genome manipulation all of this is needed for the days of Noah to be analogous to the days of Noah as Jesus also talked about that we'll cover off later on today. And also to prepare us through science, through NASA and astronomy and the universe for the alien deception. All of this is, is underlining that coming out for of the alien kind to tell us that we're not alone in the universe which is going to be one of the catalysts in my opinion to bring about the world government and so this is all under the wing of the royal society arts entertainment and literature is part of what the rosicrucians do and that's designed to brainwash people and prepare them in plain sight of the genealogies and the history and their belief system and what they're going to do so that they more easily accept what is going to happen as delusions in the end time when they reveal all of this information and knowledge that they have as they expect us to stand up and rebel against against the God of the Bible. And so this Literature brainwashing has been going on all throughout history from the classics through Shakespeare through science fiction which also prepares us for the alien deception through fairy tales and on and on and on. It doesn't matter whether it's in art, it doesn't matter whether it's in opera or on uh, playwrights. It's all in place to brainwash us and prepare us. Banking is controlled by the Jesuits and the Rothschilds as we talked about in part three and that's to control all commerce and wealth in in the world in preparation for the end time. So again you're going to have this mono type of oligarchy setup where you have the adepts running the corporations and private companies and this veneer of free enterprise but it's all going to be controlled through the banking and commerce for Babylon which is going to be not only a religious center, but a city and is going to run the world commerce and I think actually take a tribute on all transactions. So it's going to control the new world order in the beginning that it creates and it needs to come first. And so banking is going to be a big part of it and that's already in place and also setting up for the cashless society which is a key part of the end time. The military is also, is, uh, falls under the responsibility of the Freemasons and that's to enforce uh, the laws of the land whichever direction that it goes uh, and to ensure that they control the army so that they don't, when they get pushed back, they're still going to remain in control. So they have to control the army and they also need to control the army to suppress any of the rebellions that might come up and or to create a world army. So look for that as coming together as part of the new world order. It's going to be a little bit slower coming together, but look towards that sort of world 
army that is going to be talked about or greater alliances as they, they bring that about. And so government is the, the, an area that is covered by the Knights of Malta and the Illuminati. And what they're trying to do with governments is control the governments with increasingly more left-wing policies, political correctness, and globalist policies in preparation for a transition of power to the UN and the Ten Nation Empire that they're already preparing for down the road. And so that falls under, uh, as, as I mentioned, uh, you know, the the area of the Knights of Malta and, and the Illuminati and a lot of influence also from the Freemasons. And the last category is of the major categories is the religious aspect, which is the Jesuits and the Illuminati and the Knights of Malta and the Rosicrucians, all heavily working in this category to create a new umbrella religion platform and infrastructure to be set in place when things finally come together, when the Holy Spirit is removed so that they can bring their transgenerational, transgenerational conspiracy uh, about with a complete one kind of monoculture that is not tolerant of any other view, which is key if you look around as to everything that we're starting to see today, but it will become increasingly more vicious, increasingly more powerful, and increasingly more wieldy in, 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 in a way that is going to prepare attitudes for genocides that are going to happen in the end time. So, the world religion, as I talked about, to me is the first major piece that needs to come into place because you need a world religion to have an ability to have the Jewish people start their sacrifice again, whether it's on a wing of the current temple that's in Jerusalem, the Islamic mosque, or it's on a separate location that they say is the actual location where the sacrifices were to continue, but any of that is going to require a religious uh, infrastructure and umbrella religion that's going to permit that. And so world religion, you know, is actively being worked on by the Jesuits and Pope Francis is actively, actively leading that as a Jesuit and hosting these types of conferences as well as the Knights of Malta and the Illuminati. And so this has sort of a beginning in about 1893 uh, with the World Parliament Organization that is now completely embedded into the United Nations and working actively to bring down borders and to bring down borders within religions. And so the main organization that is working together on this today is, is the World Interfaith Organization. And it is an organization that is working on religious doctrine of compromise. It includes almost all of the religions of the day, maybe a few Protestant exceptions like the evangelicals, but they're trying to infiltrate and gain uh, acceptance by the leadership of all of these groups and are almost there and they are rewriting a universal religion where all religions compromise so that they can set up this new umbrella religion and as I said Pope Francis works closely and in leadership with this and you can see his doctrines changing within the Catholic Church to make it the new Babylon which is their model for uh, 
who they believe and want Babylon to be. And so in this monoculture, mono-religion, universal religion platform, Jesus is going to need to be de-deified because that's one of the big stumbling blocks. And that's where the other organizations are going to come out with this evidence that they say they have of genealogies that de-deifies Jesus, that he didn't die on the cross. They're going to try and reduce him back to uh, prophet status and also look for them to destroy Paul because they say he's the one who raises Jesus and the Gospels to God's status. So look for all of that to be start coming more front and center. And you are seeing some of that coming out today. And also, I just want to kind of underline as being a Canadian is, is that on the last conference of the interfaith, Pierre Trudeau, not Pierre Trudeau, but Justin Trudeau, his son, spoke and is a big proponent of this interfaith organization and is supporting it in all sorts of ways, just as he's best friends with the Aga Khan of the Sufis, who I've mentioned a few times in, in this broadcast. And... The big thing to understand here where that sort of comes together is, is that Pierre Trudeau married Margaret Sinclair, who is of the Sinclairs, who started Freemasonry, who are the St. Clairs that were part of the original founders, even though they're not listed in the original founders, their um, historical records say that Henry St. Clair was a battle partner of Hugh de Payon and there for the start of the Knights Templar and the St. Clairs take their genealogy back to Rollo who changed his name to St. Clair after expropriating Normandy and his bloodlines go back to the gods of the Norse and the Tuatha Dé Danann and to Odin. So all of this is quite relevant as you see these organizations working together to pull this umbrella organization in place for the right set of circumstances to pull the world religion together. So I would be looking for catastrophes, alien deception, because again in science fiction it's always a mystical religion that works with the world government and when there's an alien deception the world forms and a world government and comes together and as in Star Wars we see a classic example of that mystical religion. So this is all being prepared as a platform and in waiting for when you have contrived catastrophes and events designed to pull the world together. And it's important that people understand that you need world religion first, which is why they're putting so much emphasis on it, because that's going to be the glue that is going to try and hold the Nephilim world order together. So as we move on now into world government, understand that this is a product of the universal religion. So it requires world religion first. And because you have, will have the world religion first, you're going to have a rising star from the bloodlines who will become Antichrist, although he will not be officially Antichrist until he's crowned in the temple at the midpoint of the last seven years, but he'll be from these alleged bloodlines. And there'll be many Antichrists, so don't be pointing at the first uh, first one that you see, because as Jesus says, there will be many antichrists, uh, at least in plural. And all of these bloodlines have a member of their family that they would like to set forward. So you'll see some competition as this uh, gets closer to the, the last seven years. But the key one will be negotiating this world covenant that provides for the protection of Israel and permits 
the sacrifice on a wing of the temple as uh, or on the extremity of the temple, depending on which um, translation you're reading that is talked about in Daniel. And so how this is going to come together is out of the platform of the world uh, religion and through the United Nations and through an organization that works um, at the behest of the Rosicrucians and was created in the late 60s called the Club of Rome. And the Club of Rome envisioned the world being separated into 10 distinct groups of nations, uh, trading blocks, spheres of influence, or empires, however you want to call that. And, there, and they envisioned creating a new Atlantis. Because Atlantis in the antediluvian epoch was the golden age of incredible science and knowledge and technology. An age where angels ruled with men and they created the demigods to rule. An age where it was called a golden age. And this is the age that they're going to be re-promising for the end time because they want a new Atlantis just as Francis Bacon who was a Rosicrucian and is the inspirational founder for the Royal Society and his painting ha hangs in the entrance to the Royal Society to even this day um, wrote a book called The New Atlantis where you have an end time uh, world government and an end time religion and an end time um, house of science that all works in unison and this end time religion is the Gnostic religion of, of the past and of the secret societies that you would know as Gnosticism today and or New Age and or Enochian mysticism and it is a unification of all of the religions from around the world back to what they would call their home and the original religion of the antediluvian epoch. And they're going to be promising a new millennium, a new age of exploding knowledge and they're going to be promising godhood in this, in this new world order that I like to call the Nephilim world order. And so the government is going to be uh, run in these ten by these ten kings who are going to be essentially mostly from the bloodlines. They may not all be from the bloodlines as in um, the metallic dynasties would suggest because there are two two feet uh, with five toes on each and it is clay and, and iron. Even though um, they'll be working together it may not be as um, mono mono um, it may not be working as united as they may hope for it to be and there will be issues as they go through. And so world government is is the responsibility of the Rosicrucians but they will they utilize the Club of Rome and heavily also on the Knights of Malta who we also talked about in part three. So look for that type of new world government coming in place and now you're going to have this whole infrastructure in place for Antichrist uh, who will rise to power in the first three and a half years and will be crowned King of Jerusalem just as the bloodlines and the title is falling. At least this is what they're going to hope for is that their Antichrist uh, will be crowned King of Jerusalem uh, at the abomination at the three and a half year point 
your three and a half year point and we'll have all of these bloodlines that these uh, royal families uh, say that he has and we'll produce the genealogies to substantiate that. So as we look at all of this coming together and all of these different groups working more feverishly as the end time approaches, we need to understand that when Jesus talks about the end time being like the days of Noah, I think we need to understand that in, in a manner how I think he was describing because Jesus doesn't use anything in terms of words indiscriminately. He chooses his words quite well. And when he says it'll be like the days of Noah in Matthew 24, 38, and in Luke 17, 26, what he's talking about is the same words that's used to describe the days of Noah in Genesis 9:29, when it describes the 950 years of Noah's life. In days, you can take that as a few days or as a lifetime or as a generation um, and you can translate that out of Hebrew all, all different ways and I think Jesus is looking at this as the complete days of Noah both before and after the flood just as you have this Babylon that is set up um, at Babel as a religion and a universal government with Nimrod leading this Babel religion at the Tower of Babel I think is analogous and the historical and allegorical context within the Bible to describe what is going on in the end time and that this religion was the Enochian mysticism started by the Cainites and development of the seven sacred sciences that we talked about in parts one, two, and three. And so the days of Noah, we need to consider it'll be like those days both and before where you had both Nephilim before the flood and Rephaim after the flood. And all of this is important. So it doesn't matter whether or not you even look at First Peter where it says in the days of Noah. This is when Jesus is going to, and this is First Peter 3, 20, uh, 19 through 20, where Jesus, while in the grave at his crucifixion, goes and talks to the prisons and spirits and I think basically tells them that your rebellion is over because I'm going to rise on the Sunday and your fate has been sealed. Uh, to the lake of fire. And so these are the days of Noah that I think Jesus is referring to because everything works in perfect harmony. And so when we look at what the days of Noah was like and what these organizations are trying to prepare, I'm going to break it down a little bit so that can, people can understand the context of how all of these organizational structures work, how the language works, and what they're doing to build the platform, not only from a religious and a geopolitical scenario, but a complete scenario as to what happened in the days of Noah. And so just as you have in the days of Noah the apocalypse of water, we have as described in Luke 17 with bringing in Sodom and Gomorrah and a, perhaps a possible place of second incursion for Rephaim, you have that being destroyed by fire, Sodom and Gomorrah, which is analogous to the end time destruction of fire talked about in Revelations and most end time prophecies. And I think when in Luke where he combines the days of Noah with the days of Lot, he is converging those two allegories, all of which we can take out of the Bible for, for understanding.
And so when we talk about the corruption of the earth in the days of Noah, this was more than just the violence that was going on um, or the godless society in terms of not recognizing and honoring God um, that was taking place, which it all was, but also that corruption goes back to the word Hebrew word shakath, which means more than just violence. It was the whole earth as it's described in the flood account was corrupt. And corrupt means out of shakath not only corrupt but to destroy, to decay, to spoil, to utterly uh, destroy. And I think what they're describing is that technology that I've been referring to that they had in the antediluvian epoch that was a level that we have that we have not yet achieved today because we're not in the end time so we're not in the completion as in the days of Noah so I think our knowledge is still catching up to that level and if that's the case then when we hear about all uh, all of the the DNA that we're able to do in cross and transplanting that, changing DNA, changing genome and plants. You have the ability to create all sorts of new creations and things that violate the laws of creation, just as we're told as what happens in prehistory. So I think that's a significant part of what we're working towards, is that technology is catching up so that it's going to partner very soon with additional knowledge from the aliens and from the fallen angels to prepare us to fight in the last stand on a day of destiny that they want to fight against what they would call the oppressive God of the Bible such as the delusion that they're going to bring over on everybody uh, on the earth except for those who know the Bible and hold to the true faith in God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to have Enochian mysticism in the end time, which is Babel City and Babylon. It's a universal religion where the woman sits on all the waters. And this is the same religion that crossed the flood that was at Babel which is why you have the Babel as the root word for Babylon for the end time religion. And it will be more than just a religion. It will be a city, it will be a state, just as the Vatican is a state. And just as Babylon was an allegory used in, in the times of Jesus, and as it, you take Babylon back in the New Testament to the, the Greek word Babylon, not only does it you know, define that as the ancient empire and ancient Babylon city, but an allegory for Rome. And so Babylon is this, this Enochian mysticism and at Babel, so as in the days of Noah. You have the metallic dynasties which have come down through history, which were the Nephilim bloodlines, the great dynasties that are trying to form the world empire. They will have their descendants ruling either in, a, in all ten or at least five of these um, ten kings in the end time. And who knows, there may be even new Nephilim created because that's what happened in the uh, days of Noah as well, both before and after the flood with the Rephaim after the flood. And as in Daniel 2.43 where Seemingly, you have the descendants of these metallic dynasties somehow intermixing with humans. And so one whether, whether or not that is new Nephilim who are part of the old and same 
created in the same way as the, as the Nephilim of the dynastic dynasties will be intermarrying with men, or it's just the descendants of these giants intermarrying with human tyrants who are going to control the other five. Whatever way, there's going to be an intermixing there, and you're going to have Nephilim rule of the ten nations, just as you had the Atlantean Empire that the Club of Rome is going to set up had ten kings who ruled over that world empire and was the helm of world government as they like to call it and these ten kings were the sons of Poseidon who he mated with uh, a human female to create these Titan Nephilim demigods to rule over that empire so again all things come back as in the days of Noah and as in the time of the Nephilim they rebelled against God and uh, they and when you have when you look at sources outside the Bible, you have all over the world stories of the Nephilim also rebelling against the gods. And so this is that rebellion that's going to take place in the end time, where they're going to have the world led by Nephilim rebel against God again. So again, as in the days of Noah. And just as you had fallen angel worship, you're going to have that happen in the end time again as well through Babylon and then with the Antichrist religion. And just as you have fallen angels on the earth governing and interaction, you have Revelation 9 where you have the impassioned angels being released. And Revelation 12 at the three and a half year point, just after Revelation 9 leading into a false Armageddon from Revelation 9, I'll touch on that in a second, which are going to be on earth at that time. So we're going to have everything there as it was in the days of Noah. And so all of these groups that we're talking about in terms of the secret societies and the religions and all the other aspects are working together today. And I think they're in contact with the fallen angels and the demons to help bring things along to bring about this new counterfeit new age. Because everything is a counterfeit that they're promising, just as Lucifer in Isaiah 14, 12 through 14 wants to have a realm like God. And that's what he probably caused his thoughts to move towards rebellion, that he wanted to be like God and led the angelic rebellion in epochs past. And so we're going to have this counterfeit realm that they're going to promise. Just as we're going to have a counterfeit spirit promise to, to promise godhood in the end time. And I'm sure they're going to offer clone bodies and, and or transhumanism so that you can be a god in the physical world. And so we're going to have this counterfeit new age or this counterfeit millennium that they're going to promise. Just as we're going to have a counterfeit ant Messiah, which is Antichrist. Just as he's going to have a counterfeit resurrection and death and then be avatared likely by Azazel. And I don't have time to go into that today um, because he is going to be honoring the God of forces and he's going to be resurrected up. And I think that's through an avatar aspect. And you're going to have a false Armageddon, which is the Revelation 9, Joel 1 and 2, and Gog War, which is going to permit Antichrist to come back like Jesus and to offer peace in this new age and also be crowned in, in the temple uh, thereof as, as Antichrist. You're going to have a false 
You're going to have false prophets and a false Elijah, which is the false prophet that is going to raise the image up for Antichrist. You're going to have a counterfeit counterfeit Godhead that is going to be worshipping Antichrist in the end and uh, Satan and the pantheon of gods beforehand in the first three and a half years with the Babel religion. You're going to have a counterfeit God in Satan. You're going to have this counterfeit religion in both uh, the three and a half years before and the three and a half years of the Antichrist religion. You're going to see a counterfeit history provided to us in the end time based on how they've done the brainwashing and prepared us for. There's going to be counterfeit miracles and there's going to be counterfeit signs and they're going to have a counterfeit rapture because everything they do is counterfeit and it's all part of the deception and the brainwashing and the propaganda that all of these organizations are working together to do. So that concludes my presentation, my four-part presentation in terms of how secret societies, the descendants of Nephilim, fallen angels, Canaanites who intermarried to become part of the bloodline of the Nephilim originally, have been working together to bring about the end time and enslave humankind and prevent humans from being raised above angels in the future time but they didn't anticipate the resurrection and that's what Jesus told those impassioned rebellious spirits in 1 Peter as in the days of Noah. Thank you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.